0: Ave Maria Mutual Funds, seeking the moral high ground for 20 years. Pro-life, pro-family, and Catholic values have guided us to the top.
1: story of the the father who was told his son was already evacuated. He didn't need to go in and get him and then only to find out that his son had died under hiding under his bed with his dog.
0: Hey, my friends, Maui, the disaster there is still unfolding and it's really untold. You've seen the images. I know many of you want to help want to reach out. But it's very hard to know who you can work with, who is not going to rip you off, who's going to not use the funds that you're going to send there uh, to do something else. Well, we've got something for you. That's why we developed LifeFunder to work with only good groups that we vet first. And therefore, you can make good use of your charitable donations. There's no one I can recommend to you higher than someone we've worked with here at LifeSite for years. In fact, decades. His name is Jason Jones. He runs many things, but one of them is the Vulnerable People Project, which does this outreach work. Jason Jones has been absolutely stunning in using the talents that God gave him, both as a soldier and then as a great advocate for life, to work to save countless people, unborn and born. He's got details for us of what's going on in Maui, where he has been already and is going to again. And it's absolutely stunning. When you hear what's going on on the ground, when you hear unfiltered what's happening there, you're not only gonna want to reach deep into your wallet to help out those poor people there, you're gonna be assured that those funds will be used in an incredible way to help families from the best possible way. This is an evangelizer for life, for faith, and for family. Jason Jones, welcome back to the program.
1: John Henry, it's good to see you, brother.
0: My friend, I wish we were meeting under better circumstances, but this too needs to be said. But uh, let's begin as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jason, if you wouldn't mind, I know a lot of people have heard something about Maui. Can you take us through... Start to finish, as you know the story right now, of what exactly happened and what's going on now.
1: Yeah, John Henry, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to do that. What's really tragic is, uh, you know, my organization, I founded, uh, it's the Human Rights Education and Relief Organization. We have two main programs, Movie to Movement and the Vulnerable People Project. And I founded the organization in 2002 in Hawaii to advocate uh, for the most vulnerable people in the world when the world is turned against them. And that's from the child in the womb to communities facing democide, genocide, war, and disaster. And I got this idea in college when I would, my pro-life club would be the, the club that stood up for other communities facing genocide when no one else was paying attention. And I thought, what if we did this on the world stage? And so here we are to be advocating for the people of Lahaina of Hawaii, where my organization was founded to me is heartbreaking and uncanny. I was in Washington, D.C. the day the fire broke out, actually advocating for Catholics in Russian-occupied Ukraine, and I saw the media reports, and I was busy working, and I had a lot of, I had an EWTN interview, and I had other, Sebastian Gorka show, and I was meeting with Congressman Chris Smith, a hero, and I just had a lot of meetings and a lot of um, tasks to do that day. So I didn't want to look at at the news because I knew that once I did, I would break. So at the end of the workday, I called a good friend of mine, Dallas Carter. He's a native Hawaiian. He's a Steubenville graduate. He's the founder and principal of a Catholic school in Hawaii. And he also is um, a founder of an organization called Epic Ministries. It's a a native Hawaiian Catholic organization um, on on all the Hawaiian islands. So I called him at the end of the day and I said, Dallas, I'm a little embarrassed um, that I don't know what's happening in Maui. Can you give me a, a briefing? And he said, Jason, don't be embarrassed. None of us on Oahu know. And we're hearing rumors. And we're trying to to, to wrap our mind around what we're hearing. And so this was day one. So day one, the rumors that we were hearing uh, really were just too awful to to want to believe. And we were hearing that, um, that Lahaina was gone. Gone. We were hearing that um, the private schools weren't in session yet, but the public schools were and the children were home alone. We were hearing they were either sent home alone or they were told not to come to school, but either way, they were home alone. We were hear- we heard that the water wasn't on. We heard that the the electric lines weren't de-energized. We heard the police were blocking people in. We were, and we were hearing even rumors more bizarre than that. And what's sad is, John Henry, everything I'm telling you now happened. Those rumors were true. Lahaina's gone. You know, right now, we just don't know. There are um, 115 identified, 380, I believe, that the state says is is missing. But the numbers I've heard from the FBI were 1,200. The lowest numbers I've heard are 380. And I would like to believe the lowest numbers. I did happen to fly with somebody next to FEMA, uh, someone from FEMA on my way home. And when I had said to her that I heard, you know, what are the casualty numbers? And she, I said, I, you know, they're reporting only 115. And she turned to me and looked at me like I was crazy. She said, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dead. And just yesterday, a friend of mine said that she personally counted 380 body bags at one location. So, you know, that was day one. John Henry. So here, I, I know folks, if you're watching the show, you're you're really well informed. Um, and I think it was uh, was it Aldous Huxley who said, we have two choices in this life to be uninformed or misinformed. So there's a lot of information flying around and a lot of speculation. And um, because I want to be sensitive to the communities that have been affected. Uh, I've really tried to only talk about what we know. But here's what we know, it's what we know is really horrible. We do know that the police um, blockaded people in and did not let them leave, and all, and and those people who were turned around died, and those who ignored the police lived. Um, we do know the water was shut off. There's co- conflicting reports. Um, now, uh, Hawaiian Electric is suing Maui County, and Maui County is suing Hawaiian Electric. Hawaiian Electric says they have definitive proof that they deep. Uh, Energized those lines um, eight hours before the fires broke. Now, if that's true, um, then that leads to some of the stranger conspiracy theories. And I've heard firsthand testimony to some very strange things that people witnessed. Um, It is worth noting, I think, that BlackRock owns 8% of Hawaiian Electric. There were rumors that there were no breaks, but what I was told by a county official is that there were fire breaks, but they weren't maintained and they were overgrown. Um, also, it's been reported that Hawaiian Electric didn't bury those power lines because they didn't want to waste money on old energy, that they would rather use money for green energy. And so those power lines in a windy, dry area, by the way, an area that was made dry over a century of overdevelopment, um, so it would have was a very lush area before, um, but because of the plantations and then development, Um, It's very dry. So they chose not to bury those power lines because of environmentalism. So at the very least, when I hear the word now green energy, it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, Because this idea of green energy not only has young boys um, working to death in Africa, um, mining rare earth elements that are necessary for the batteries in these electric cars, Um, it's led to famine And it's led to the decimation of Lahaina. At the very least, we have a bureaucratic blunder and we have social justice um, virtue signaling and the climate lobby, the the green lobby, effectively stopping um, progress. Forest fires have been down by uh, 20% in the past 20 years, but yet we've had these catastrophes and these catastrophes are are man-made. They're caused by... um, not maintaining breaks or not doing fire breaks, where you burn areas to prevent the spread of a wildfire around inhabited areas, the not burying of power lines. People talk about why are the wealthy areas in Maui um, undamaged, and and there are these theories of lasers or uh, heat, high energy weapons or heat energy weapons. Um, I, I think just the fact that in those wealthy neighborhoods the power lines were buried. Can and they're allowed to water and they have lush, you know, they're allowed to water their yards and um, their water wasn't being turned off, but where the working class and the poor, the Hawaiians and the Kamaaina, the the you know the something else to know about Lahaina is it's you know it was first settled in 400 BC, so you've had Hawaiians there long before contact. It was this it was the capital of the Hawaiian Kingdom and it was where the gospel first landed and spread from in the Hawaiian Islands. Um, it's It was a very important town in the whaling industry. Lahaina is just this historic town, but the ethnic breakdown is native Hawaiian and Kama'aina. And what that means is it actually goes back to the kingdom of Hawaii days where um, you had the um, the Hawaiians, but you also, you didn't have to be an ethnically Hawaiian to be a citizen of the Hawaiian kingdom. You had Okinawans and Filipinos and Portuguese and Mexicans. You had all sorts of ethnicities um, coming to Hawaii. Our cowboys or the Paniolos came from Mexican. They Paniolo, which is Hawaiian word for cowboy, is Españolo. The Español, those who spoke Spanish, those were the cowboys. Um, We had uh, big ranches, like the largest ranch in the world until recently. Parker Ranch is on the Big Island of Hawaii. So it was very ethnically diverse, the Hawaiian kingdom. Uh, by the end of the 19th century. So, and then with the plantation industry, of course, they brought in a lot of Filipinos, especially unlike the rest of the United States, um, where they might be Tagalog or Visayan, they're Ilocano. They come from Ilocos Norte and Ilocos Sur. They were brought to work on the plantations. So you have a lot of Kama Aina. They're intermarried. So they're Filipino, Chinese, Portuguese, all mixed up, and then Native Hawaiian. But of course, in all healthy communities... Uh, And the Hawaiian Islands have had a very vibrant, faith-filled, healthy community um, where your family ends and where one ethnic community ends and the rest of it begins. It's kind of blurred. So so everyone's intermarried. So Kama'aina, Hawaiian, it's really just one community. So those Kama'aina and Hawaiians, it's very important that they keep their land. Because as sure as you know, John Henry, it's been reported in the news. And this also is true that they have been bombarded with by vultures trying to buy their land in the midst of this crisis. So you have desperate people who maybe had a home that had been in the family for generations, and that's all they have. They might be sitting on a home. If you went and looked on Zillow, you'd say, oh, their home was worth $2.4 million. But maybe you had seven. Yet In Hawaii, we have a lot of aunties, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, kids, cousins, all living in one house because the cost of living is so high. And so it took seven incomes just to maintain that home with a house that's been in the generation, the family for generations. So that's another rumor that's actually true. Um, these vultures have descended on Lahaina, and they haven't even identified the vast majority of the bodies yet, and they're trying to buy these people's land right out from underneath them. And thank God for the alternative press, because we have a c- catastrophe that is really at the level of Katrina or a nine eleven and it's catastrophic scale, but it's not getting any kind of media. And what's very strange to me is Mark Zuckerberg lives on Maui, but you can't even do a frame. You know how they have these causes that you they, they do for every other cause under the sun? You can't do a Maui strong or stand with Lahaina frame on Facebook. So the dissembling from the media, the misinformation, shutting off of the water, the locking people in, Um, The lack of transparency and arrogance of the state and local government officials, Joe Biden's bizarre performance every step of the way on Lahaina, from I have no comment to going and telling silly stories about almost losing his car in a fire and then falling asleep at a Native Hawaiian town hall, it's just all been staggeringly disrespectful and unthoughtful. So here's where we have it. And now our organization, which is this Catholic apostolate, uh, we've had three missions in all of this, which was to care for the living, honor and bury the dead, and to help keep Lahaina local. So we're committed to helping every family. Um, You know, we want to honor the living by burying the dead. We want to honor the dead by caring for those who survived. Um, And then we want to tell the story about what really happened to Lahaina and make sure we stand with the people of Lahaina as they protect their homes, so many of them Catholics. So you had this Lanikila church, which the whole world is talking about. The one thing, the sign of hope, is this Catholic church was left unscathed. And in fact, it's someone from the church, the parish committee that's become our VPP's liaison with the community for the funerals. So we're working very closely with that parish community, and we're working with and through And that's something VPP does around the world. We work with and through the communities we serve. So we don't have to descend with an army of do-gooders into a community that has a lot of people that are more than capable of caring for themselves. So we're working with the local community, especially the Catholic community, Epic Ministries, the Knights of Columbus, and uh, the local parishes there.
0: Beautiful. Tell us some of these stories. One of the – let me start with – tell us some of the stories – of the families that you've already helped, that you've been involved with already, and what's been the reaction there. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality, and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supic, Cardinal Tobin, these picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ and his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so, Our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted, but we're starting it up again. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality, and uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For Life State News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you.
1: Well, you know, the saddest story, once the the word got out that we were paying for funerals, John Henry, it was really, it was a bit overwhelming because my phone didn't stop ringing and families would say, you know, would you pay for my father, even though um, we don't even have ashes and we don't think we'll even be able to identify, will you help us do some sort of a memorial or some sort of headstone. And we're like, of course, we, you know, we, there's the story of the the father who was told his son was already evacuated. He didn't need to go in and get him. And then only to find out that his son had died under hiding under his bed with his dog. Um, there's, I've been told that if you're not from Hawaii or have a lot of friends from Hawaii, you're not seeing this in your social media feeds, but I can tell you my Instagram has been just flooded with the most tragic scenes um countless live streams that people were live streaming as they were trying to escape and it's live streaming and you're watching them die. Um, Someone just sent me, I didn't even mean to click on it. You know, I someone sent me one today. I'm like, what's this? And I'm watching it and then hoping they escaped and you realize they didn't. There was another one where these three young sisters were kind of giggling like, take a left, take a right. Okay, go this way within a minute, it went from like nervous laughter to um, before it goes black, you just hear the girl saying, dear God, no, dear God, no, send your angels to protect me. Why do I have to die like this? Not like this. And then it goes black. Why the world isn't paying attention to this? I don't know. It's unbelievable to me. it, It, it is, uh, you know, maybe it, it does strike close to home to me, but I have to imagine that if in Orange County or in Santa Barbara, hundreds and hundreds of, you know, and look, we're conservatives and people get mad at me for bringing this up and maybe because my kids are mixed race and maybe it's because I'm from Hawaii. I do believe there's structural racism. And I think the liberal media is the largest, is is, is the most responsible for the structures of racism. And number one way is they don't allow a diversity of opinions to come from different ethnic communities. Um, that's the number one way I think there's a structure of racism. But but I do think they don't value the lives of these Hawaiians and these Kama'ina. For the life of me, I just can't imagine if there were hundreds of children from Santa Barbara missing that this wouldn't be the number one news story in America. Am I wrong there, John Henry?
0: You're absolutely right. It's funny, looking in the situation from Canada, even as close to America as Canada, it's almost like America is considering Hawaii is not part of America, because I, I know you having lived there for so long, and and your your uh, your wife is from Hawaii and your kids there for half whatever, but you get it. But it it really does seem like it's a different country. Yes, it's far away, but it's still part of America, and yet it's being treated as if it's not. That that's the only thing I can make of it as a foreigner looking in, mm-hmm. thinking they obviously don't think this is a big deal it must be a foreign like maybe they think it's like a colony or something they don't need to care about it's really weird this is america folks these are americans who've died and yet it's not being covered by the mainstream is the mainstream that bad i hate to say it but i think the answer is yes
1: yeah i think the neoliberal i I hope it's offend your audience i think neoliberal white people are just racists i just really i do they just they, for all of their talk on race and equality and justice, they're, they're they're talking to themselves. They're fighting an internal war, I guess, and they're outwardly virtue signaling because of some internal ba- uh, battle. Because why there is no Maui strong Facebook, uh, you know, meme? Why are we being inundated with memes and they're not offering frames to stand with the people of Lahaina? I, I think it's either intentional and malicious. And part of some grander conspiracy, which a lot of Native Hawaiians can come on. And people are arguing that this is a, a massive land grab, which I'm fully open to the possibility of that. And it's, 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 they're by design trying not to foment empathy for the people of Lahaina who are about to have their homes poached from them. Or what to me seems more likely is it's just some subtle bias. As you said, it's disgusting as it is to hear that they don't see them as Americans. But we've seen that from this administration. I mean, I don't want to bring politics into this again, because probably most of the, you know, it's uh, Hawaii's a, you know, I don't want to, it's, it's, I don't want to bring politics into a catastrophe. But, um, you know, uh, you have a Democrat president who said no comment in the face of a great catastrophe. You have a Democrat mayor of Maui County and a Democrat governor who held press conferences saying, Uh, Effectively, we're open for business. The state is still open for business. This is a small part of Maui. And I'm not saying that it's not important to keep the economy going to support the local community and the small business owners and all of that. But could you imagine if Rudy Giuliani at 9 11 went out there and said, you know, hey, we still have great Broadway shows, we have great restaurants, New York is still for business. When you look at the amount of people missing from Lahaina, a town of 13,000, it's the equivalent of 800,000 New Yorkers dying or missing after 9-11. So how many people in New York, I think we all have friends from New York who can tell you a story about their their roommate from college or their old neighbor or the kid they used to play Little League with who they lost on September 11th. Well, New York's a huge city and you had 3,000 deaths, not to diminish those. But when you're looking at over 1,000 dead or missing um, in Maui County, <clears throat> In Maui County, they lose about a 1,000 people, 1,100 people a year or so die of all causes in in a year. So you're looking at approximately dead and or missing about the same number of folks that die in an average year in the entire county of all causes. This is a massive catastrophe. And so um, to see the media not paying attention to it, social media not saying, you remember when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, we could all make the little Ukraine flag memes and you could all have, we stand with Ukraine. And um, we remember after Katrina, um, that was the biggest news story in the world, as it should have been, we were all paying attention to it. But John Henry, I never thought of it the way you put it. It's as if they don't think of these people as Americans. Oh, and I wanted to bring this up. This was my original point. You look at what the um the United States did in Afghanistan and in Sudan. So my organization was involved in both the evacuations of American citizens from American citizens from Afghanistan two years ago. And we were involved this year in evacuating American citizens and Christians and nuns and others from Khartoum when the Civil War broke out in Sudan. What, you know, the Afghan Americans. Uh, with blue passports, were pulled to the back of the line in Afghanistan for other Americans that look like me to go to the front. The same thing happened in Sudan. They closed the embassy when the Civil War kicked off, and Sudanese Americans that were home there visiting family or working with their businesses or whatever it was they were doing, the embassy door was shut in their face. And, And I know conservatives... We are have a natural revulsion to this idea of structural racism or, or bigotry, but I really think it's the left and it's the neoliberal elite that they don't see Afghan Americans as Americans, so they abandoned them and left them in Afghanistan without looking back. They did the same thing in Sudan, and now here we have Lahaina, an American town, wiped from the face of the earth, and it's quickly moved to page B-17. Uh what accounts for this you know i might do a documentary on this because i i want to know i want to know why this fire happened i want to know why this response was so ham-fisted and i want to know why the mainstream media in the united states didn't make this the biggest news story in the world because to me as an american it's a it's one of the biggest news stories and i have to think if santa monica or santa barbara was wiped from the face of the earth uh it would be a bigger story than they're making out of lahaina
0: There's so many questions. I don't know that you have answers to them, but I've got to ask a few. So the thing with the children, we're being told that the children were off out of school, parents didn't know, and they were at home and many, many died. But there's not really clarity on that. We've got the story from you about the one dad who thought his kid was safe, but was found, his remains found holding his dog under his bed. Horrible. But is that story repeated more? Is that an isolated case?
1: Well, here's the, the, the sad thing. We, they're only telling us about 115 of those bodies. There are, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more unaccounted for. The good news is that I will tell you the private Catholic schools were not in session. And the Vulnerable People Project, together with Epic Ministries, we we brought over by plane what we call pop-up schools. So they could they relocated the school. Hmm. and 100 percent of the Catholic school children are accounted for so they didn't lose a single child and so that's yeah God is great and that is a beautiful story um but talking with locals you, just before
0: you continue there I just want to delve on that for a second so part of the funds that you're using that hopefully you get from life as well is to provide interim education for these kids while their schools burned down what have you done there exactly?
1: Yeah, okay. I'm so glad you brought that up, John Henry, because we haven't even announced this yet. So just talking with Tanada, the principal of the school, we, um, it was, it was, uh, you know, when you feel helpless, when a tragedy happens, the only thing that takes away that sort of anxiety is to work. And so it was great that we, together with Epic Ministries and the Knights of Columbus, we, we funded a charter plane filled with basically what we call a pop-up school, Then uh, we met it at the airport, we unloaded into trucks and I had my own truck and we drove our truck to Lahaina to um, Sacred Hearts Mission Church, where we then erected this pop-up school and uh, to be a part of unloading the planes and loading the trucks and unloading the trucks. So we're doing that. The school is up and John Henry, I can send you offline. I don't know if I can publicize it yet, but the very first day of school started today. And so all the students were there at the pop-up school and I can send that to you. And hopefully we can, folks. I know people are sensitive with their kids. I want to get permission first. Um, Also, they just, today they asked us if we would um, help with tuition costs. So uh, these families are left destitute. They lost their homes. Uh, Basically Maui's shut down. There's no jobs. There's no business. There's no work. They're, there's nothing left that we were talking today about opening up a bank account nearby all the banks burned down i mean everything's gone so um <clears throat> yeah we're going to be paying for funerals at this point and we're going to be paying for catholic education so we, we, we're going to create up a structure of a scholarship fund i made a proposal to them if rather than paying a semester of tuition um because we basically have to build a bridge as we're running across it i asked the school can we pay month to month for all the students so instead of saying we're going to pay for these many students for the whole semester if we can just pay month to month for all the students to make sure every student has the opportunity to go to school and of course it's it's greatly reduced you have a school now where all the teachers the principal and all the students are homeless it's just how is this not the biggest news story well john henry and i will tell you when I don't know if you saw the footage of us. We we had bu- boats coming from all the outer islands and they weren't letting us dock. So we would drop anchor and we use jet skis. And I'll send you the video of this. You can watch this. Then jet skis shuttled the goods from the boats to near the beach where then we were in the ocean unlo- taking it from the jet skis and we did a bucket brigade all the way up to the trucks. It reminded me what if I saw during World War II in the Solomon Islands and other places. You know, we were just... Um, you know we were unloading ship after ship through jet skis and bucket brigades and and then i the hard part was and it was also a grace but i have the privilege of i drove to all the families and um, we uh you know we delivered them the supplies of life now being a catholic apostolate i can you know i like to make people smile so i uh i got i bought coolers and I, I filled coolers after coolers with ice on the other side of the island, and every family got to, in each cooler. They was there allowed one treat per family. They got one, they got two treats. One treat was for the adults, and one treat was for the kids. But they had an ice cold beer. They could get one bottle per family and an ice cream bar. And you know, my staff thought I was nuts. I said, "Look, I'm doing this just for them to smile." You know, you hand them uh, an ice cream bar, each kid gets one bite, you know, and, uh, but it's just for the smile. And, um, and it was, it was nice. You know, all the hard week we work we do in fundraising and media and logistics with planes and boats, you know, that's where you're getting work done, but you don't feel it. And so for me to be able to at the, to be the, also the last guy at the very end of the supply chain driving around Maui delivering supplies to families that was very rewarding and to be able to see the 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 smiles crack you know or they just would giggle that they couldn't believe this knucklehead brought a cooler full of beer you know um (laughs) but it was just worth it to see that you're a canadian so you appreciate it but just to see that i showed it to the red cross guys i'm like red cross isn't delivering beer they go no we're not we're not doing that
0: (laughs) i that's a You know, it's a beautiful thing about you, Jason. You're crazy enough to be involved on both ends. And um, it's just great. You watch the project that you design to the end and are there at the end. It's gorgeous. We've loved to, we've been honored to partner with you in the many, many different projects you've undertaken. Um, Tell us about this police blockading people in so they can't get out and they die because of it. That doesn't make any sense. What is that?
1: Okay. So I always start with the, the benefit of the doubt. And um, first of all, you have to know these police are Hawaiians. These police are Kama'aina. These police are from this community, their family, their friends. So I know for a fact that these police officers would never do anything that they thought in any way would jeopardize the safety of those people. So just, I'm trying to wrap my mind around, what were they doing? And obviously it was a catastrophic decision. I I suspect they were afraid that they were down power lines in that direction, or they were worried about which way the wind would blow. But again, at the very least, this is, and it's perfect rhyme, it's a perfect meter. Afghanistan is the greatest disaster, military blunder since the um, you know the trojans wheeled that greek horse you know um it was it was a massive blunder and it was the greatest military disaster in the history of the united states unprecedented 88 billion dollars in weapons left to the taliban that's the equivalent of all military aid from the united states to israel from 1949 to 2020 it's a lot of weapons American citizens abandoned, 180,000 SIVs abandoned, uh, that were Afghan allies promised visas. Nothing like it in American history. Embarrassing, catastrophic. Well, this is the greatest civil defense blunder in American history. Just there's, It was a perfect storm of catastrophe. The, the sirens didn't go off. They have a reason for that. They said, well, we were afraid if we released the sirens that they, they would think it's for a, 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 a tsunami or a hurricane, and they would run up into the hills. And I heard one Hawaiian lady say, they, they thought we were so stupid that we would run into a wall of flames because we heard a siren. Um, but that was their reasoning. Maybe it was. Maybe that's the truth. Maybe, you know.
0: Um, but they didn't even use the cell phone. So we were in touch with people who were there and they didn't use the cell phone alerts either. Those Those, those amber alerts that everybody gets to warn them of tornadoes or, or storms or or children missing or whatever. There were all sorts of children missing. There was everything missing. There was fire everywhere, and they're not warning people. How is that?
1: You know, this is what I mean. There, there, there were mistakes made at every step, and then the mistakes continued. The mistakes continue still. The, the lack of transparency and the arrogance of our government officials, and that's been the problem of Hawaii. For a very long time. In fact, why my family moved. We moved eight weeks into the first COVID lockdown. They were not letting us care for the homeless. They were arresting us for delivering food to the homeless. They were arresting us for holding peaceful protests. Um, there were seven mile long lines for food. Suicide numbers in Hawaii were catastrophic because we had the most ham-fisted, ignorant, arrogant lockdown in the United States. Only New Zealand and Australia. Um in the Anglosphere and maybe Canada had tougher lockdowns, but I don't even think Canada. So, you know, they're arrogant, they're responsive to ideology and not their constituents. And we see in this catastrophe, um, in a catastrophe when you have elected officials that are trained to respond to ideology and outside interests rather than their community interest, um, this is what you're gonna get, catastrophe. You know, the problem with the state of Hawaii is um, the greatest mistake in American political history is the direct election of the U- of the senators. Our senators used to be elected by the state legislatures, I believe the state house. So when the state house would elect this, the U.S. Senate, that made the states that uh, the Senate was responsive to the interests of the state. And it made it impossible for special interests um, to lock them up. Only. The the only special interest that could lock them up was the state house. You can't have um, a special interest control 10,000 state representatives is what you'd have to do. But to control 51 senators, it's quite easy. When you have small states like Hawaii or Delaware, where our president comes from, uh, you basically have the perfect storm, a state without a lot of money um, and special interests come in and they own your senators. So our senators are not responsive at all to the people of Hawaii. Even our governor, it sounds like he's more interested in the green lobby than he is about the needs of his own people. They're very arrogant. And, um, and so here's where we are. They dissemble. They don't tell the truth. John Henry, and I'm sure it's the same in Canada, when did this start that our elected officials and those uh, civil servants that work for our bureaucracies When did it start that they felt it was their job to hide the truth from us, that it was their job to dissemble, to lie when there's no even reason to lie? Um, You know, when Joe Biden said no comment, the reason he didn't have a comment was because he knew that there was a party line that he needed to toe and he didn't have it memorized yet. Because just common sense would have said, when you're asked about a great catastrophe in one of these United States, what you would say is, my heart goes out for the people of Maui and Lahaina we're praying for them and i as president of the united states will make sure that the federal government working with your local and state governments and ngos will do everything we can to support you our prayers are with you he couldn't even say that he looked at the camera and said no comment why because he knew that there was a massive smoke screens being laid down and he didn't want to contradict anything uh, any of the uh, any of the you know the party line that was coming out and it's still coming out And so you're hearing things that people are suspicious about for no reason. Like, And now a lot of people are talking about why are they putting up this black cloth, um, blocking out Lahaina. I suspect it's to keep toxic chemicals and waste from blowing all over the island. But people's first response is, what are they doing? What are they hiding? Well, the reason they're afraid, of, they're they're wondering what are people hiding is because they've been hiding quite a bit. And John Henry, I'll tell you something I've been kind of poo-pooing is this idea of these weird lights in the sky. People said they saw these blue lights coming down and fires starting. And I thought that's just far-fetched. And I said so on Steve Bannon's show, and I said so on Alex Jones's show. But uh, my last day in Maui, I was with some folks who net, until yesterday didn't have Wi-Fi and they didn't have um uh they didn't have cell service. And they were asking me what the strange blue lights that they saw were. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, there were these strange blue lights. What were those? Do you have any idea what those were? And I'm like, are you guys following stuff on the internet? Or what do you, They're like, no, we didn't. We haven't had cell service. And i uh, like, well, people are saying that there were direct energy weapons. And I found that far-fetched. They go, I don't know, but we just saw these blue lights. And so what was that? I don't know. I mean- I don't know. It was pitched, It was very dark. It looked like almost night. It was it just the sun coming through the smoke and I don't know what it was, but I just know that when you have mistake after mistake, after mistake, the County and Hawaiian electric, not owning up to anything, but just trying to protect their liability, not being transparent with the people of Hawaii, the mayor and the governor being arrogant and lacking transparency. Um, you know, people are going to start. Um, there's going to be a lot of speculation going on. and um, But what can e- we do is Even Catholics? apart from
0: speculation, though, what's with the water? The water was turned off, apparently. What, what is that?
1: Well, that's ideology. That's environmentalism. That is this idea that, that they had the guy that was, I guess he's an Obama friend, and they have video of him saying water is sacred and water is holy and water we preserve. How well, you know, it was to, uh, I guess, preserve the water. And this is what creates a lot of hostility between some of the Hawaiian and Kama'ina community and the tour and the travel industry because they wonder, well, why are the golf courses perfectly green and the resorts perfectly green? But we didn't have water to be able to put out our own fires. You know, people start to ask these questions and they, they seem like, to me, very reasonable questions.
0: But, but explain this to us. I don't think, first of all, America's free with their water so how, how could it be that they don't have water? what does that even mean
1: yeah i don't know you know i guess they were putting limits on the amount of water people could use because of the drought and um
0: so limits know, by turning off water to the houses that's
1: what the people are reporting that's what people that- are reporting and i have not seen anyone contradict that report
0: 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you.
1: They've contradicted the reports. Were kids sent home? Were kids not sent home? How many kids were home? But when it comes, no one is contradicting that the police blocked people in and no one is contradicting that the water was shut off. There are people, you know, Hawaiian Electric is saying they powered down their lines but I have seen video of lines falling and starting fires. When in the day that happened or were those from days earlier? Cause there've been a lot of fires, I don't know. And I always want to be very careful, right? And, and, and the reason especially I want to be careful is um, we don't want to create division in a broken community. And I don't want to exploit a community for a political goal, um, especially when, you know, Obviously, I'm from Hawaii, I'm a conservative Republican from Hawaii. And I've watched the Democrats stomp the state into the ground. Um, So but I don't want to take advantage of this. So I've been very careful. But 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 here's what I'll say, what we know is this was a bureaucratic, at the very least, this was a bureaucratic, ideological blunder. It was a bureaucracy that was thoughtless and unresponsive to the needs of the people they're there to serve you had politicians that are obsessed with ideology. The first thing they did was to blame this on climate change, which is absolute nonsense. It is really disrespectful. When I hear the word after walking through Lahaina and I hear the words green energy, it makes my skin crawl. That the green energy disgusts me because I know what green energy really means. What green energy really means is you have children in Africa working to death to get rare earth elements for electric batteries. You have um, staples like corn and sugar being used for fuel instead of food. Land that could be growing food is growing fuel, which is driving up food costs, which is pushing the people around the world and the margins into hunger. 50% of Afghanistan lives in acute hunger. Um, So from the war in Ukraine, to the climate change nonsense, to the, the, the absurdities they're doing in farms and Northwestern Europe now, which is unbelievable, um, to the burning down of Lahaina. We have to say it what it is. We have to say it what it is. And at the very least, what we see in Lahaina is a catastrophe caused by ideology. And it is the ideology of the climate cult. And children are dead, fathers are dead, families are dead, town is gone because of a climate cult, an anti human climate cult and that's the truth. At the very least, that is the truth. And you have large um, conglomerates swooping in like vultures trying to buy up the land before they've even found their children's bodies.
0: Do you have any evidence of who they are? Who is doing the buying up of the land? Because, I mean, is some of that public yet? Because that really is, you know, a vulturous... uh, pathetic act. I'm sure they're going to say, oh, we're just trying to provide for people or whatever, but unreal.
1: Yeah, there's a local realtor on Maui that's been gathering this information. When I go back to Maui next week, I'm I'm going back actually to set up the funeral fund. We want it to be completely uh, transparent. And so when people donated the life funder that's going to go for funerals and Catholic education, we provided the food and the necessities of life for the first two weeks. But now as these big lumbering NGOs get set up, we think they're going to be able to handle that. It's the first two weeks they struggle. And we're shifting now to Catholic education and funerals, but I'm also going to try to meet with this real attorney Maui because as a filmmaker, um, I'm, I'm actually shooting a movie, a Christmas film in Hawaii in December and January. And so I'm already going to be there. And I think, you know what, we need to do a documentary to get to the bottom of this. I want to know what happened. I want to know what were these strange blue lights that people were seeing? What were the orders that the police officers were given? Um, Why was the water shut off? Is Hawaiian Electric telling the truth? Were the were the power lines de-energized? If they were, then what started the fires? Why weren't those lines buried? You know, you know, you're in a poor neighborhood when the the power lines are above ground, right? You know, you're in a middle class, upper middle class, or wealthy neighborhood when those power lines are underground. You know, uh, and so the fact that you had historic Lahaina. at at the mercy of above ground power lines in a state that gets pummeled by hurricanes is absolutely unbelievable. And I hope that this wakes the people of Hawaii up. I hope this wakes the government up and um, they start to make real changes to protect the people of Hawaii from these catastrophes that were perfectly preventable. Um, But there's a lot of questions. I mean, mistakes were made every step of the way. Why weren't the sirens sounded? Why didn't the alerts go off? You remember John Henry, um, so I, I think I wrote it for LifeSite News. It was like the most read article I've ever written, which was actually just a stream of consciousness I wrote on Facebook when um, we got the false alarm for 36 minutes. Everyone in Hawaii thought we were under nuclear missile attack so we could get false alarms that literally pushed people into panic and despair. Doing, you know, I took my family into a cave yeah. <laughs> and other families climbed into sewers.
0: Yeah. And Father Altman uh, was there at the time? And he uh, basically said how he called his mom, thought he was going to die.
1: You know, my, my my daughter called me as we were racing to the cave and she was in Waikiki. And I remember thinking, this is the last time I'm going to hear my daughter's voice. I told her to get into Diamond Head Crater. I didn't think that would do her any good. And so um, I had had a plan. You know, when you live in Hawaii, um, the you expect one day to get attacked saying that there's an incoming nuclear missile. It's just something you expect. So when I saw it, I told my family knew we got 12 minutes to put the wine mountain range between us and Pearl Harbor and 17 minutes to get to this, this little cave that I knew. And so we were dashing to this cave and, um, <laughs> my daughter called me and said, what to do? And I said, princess go into diamond head crater. And for me, you know, I just wanted to give her some hope. And I thought that's the last time I'm going to hear my daughter's voice. <laughs> the poor people of Hawaii have been suffered so much under a bad government horrible bureaucracy from the insane COVID policies to that stupid missile alert to now this, this catastrophe. I mean, every family in Lahaina was touched. Every family in Maui was touched and all these families across the Hawaiian islands are interconnected. So the whole state has been impacted by this.
0: There's one more piece I want to address before we, before we end here. This thing with Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. I'm down on them anyway. Because he's blocked all news in Canada and we can only share like puppy pictures and stuff. It's driving us insane. And they blocked Site years ago. But nonetheless, what in the world is going on when they're not allowing people to share about what's going on in Lahaina, in, in Hawaii? What, what's going on? First of all, tell us the specifics of what's going on. And is there any reason at all? even Even, even something you can fathom?
1: Nothing that I can fathom. No, nothing that I can fathom. You know, you can't pay to boost a story on the Uyghur genocide on Facebook. You cannot pay to boost a story. I've tried to boost New York Times stories on organ harvesting in East Turkestan, Xinjiang by the CCP. Facebook will not let you boost it. That makes sense. China, they they don't want to tick off China. China is a lot of money for them. Okay, I get that. But But the only thing that makes sense which to me is so bizarre, is that people say Mark Zuckerberg wants to take a lot of this land. And that's what people are saying from day one. He has a home in Maui, and this is a land grab from the rich sort of transplants on Maui, which to me seems really far-fetched. You know, when I hear that um, these land speculators are swooping in, I figure there's like a formula. They see a crisis somewhere and they get the leads really quick and then they just start working the phones it's just something they do it's banal even it's just it's what they do um but with this decision by facebook not to allow frames for maui you know i was on alex jones's show and i know that elon musk loves that show and so i said elon you know you need to tweet out to mark zuckerberg uh you need to tweet out investigate hawaii stand against mark zuckerberg and his friends and within 48 hours Elon Musk tweeted that out. So I don't know if it was me asking him to do it on the Alex Jones show or not, but it's just so bizarre. John Henry, the world's becoming very strange. The world's just become very strange. And when you try to wrap your mind around it, it just becomes impossible. And that's why through my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, it's just a very simple. uh, Our job is to stand with the most vulnerable people in the world when the world is left. You wouldn't think Lahaina would fit that. You'd think that the world would be paying attention. And they're not. And um, it's striking. It was striking to be on the ground where you, you hear all this that the Red Cross is doing, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. I saw, I saw two old guys in a Walmart with a shopping cart with Red Cross vests on. That's all I saw of them. I saw one truck that had FEMA taped to the window. That's all I saw of them. People said they were camped up on the catastrophe site, maybe, but that's not where the people were. So when I was traveling around and visiting the people, I didn't see um, the Red Cross. I didn't see FEMA. Um, you know, I, I met a lot of people who weren't getting the relief that they needed, the aid that they needed. Locals that were told to shut down their aid distribution sites that they created themselves. Um I will say Elon Musk providing those um, Starlinks was just a great blessing and Starlinks for me and my work, whether it's working with Christian communities in in Ukraine or in um,
0: amazing. Indeed, indeed. Well, here's what people can do. If you go to lifefunder.com slash Hawaii, you'll be able to donate to Jason Jones's great work there. Um, I know you're heading back there very soon. Um, What final words do you have for us?
1: You know, I think I've always said this, that the Catholic apostolate is the cross. There's Palm Sunday, where the whole town shows up. Um, I want to be with the vulnerable when the world is not there. I, I think that is very Marian. It's very Catholic. And that I think that is our role. Did I ever think that Lahaina would fit into the work of the Vulnerable People Project? It's mind-numbing to me to think that that's it. But I am very grateful. And I'm thankful to you again. You guys set up this life funder again, just like in Afghanistan, without us asking for you. 100% of this money will be going directly into account in a Hawaiian, first Hawaiian bank account um in near it's the closest bank that didn't burn down near lahaina we'll be working with the parish council there at lanakila church and 100 percent of this will go to funerals and catholic education nothing will go to administrative cost so when you donate through the site you know and there'll be complete transparency we're going to put it up on the website you'll see every funeral we paid for every all the tuition that we paid for And it is a real privilege that we have as being in the mystical body of Christ in a sad and lonely and broken world that we get to be there for people when no one else will. And I think it's also a great opportunity for us to evangelize, that people know, like, who is with us? These Christians were with us. These Catholics were with us. We see that a lot in Afghanistan with my work in Afghanistan. Clearly, we can't evangelize with people um, when they're there because to do that would be to put their life in jeopardy but they will so often message me. How do I get baptized? How do I become a Christian? How do I become a Catholic? And so when you stand with people, when the world is turned away from them, um, well, we know it's not us standing with them. It's Christ in us. Um, and they see that. They especially see that in me. Cause John Henry, know, I'm not the best guy on earth. <laughs> uh, cut me off in traffic. You'll go, ah, that's Jason Jones. So it's Christ in us um, and it's God's grace. And it's a privilege to be a part of the church And as everything becomes confusing, to me, the simple thing for me to do as a lay Catholic man is stand with the child in the womb, stand with the Uyghur in Chinese Occupied East Turkestan, stand with that translator in a safe house in Afghanistan, to stand with those the world has forgotten or hates. Um, That they're easy to find. And um, so that's the job. And I want to thank you, John Henry, and everyone for supporting this because a it's the work of our apostolate, but to me it's very personal. I moved to Hawaii as a seventeen-year-old boy, a broken kid, an atheist kid. It was the Catholics, the Knights of Columbus, of Council Five Thousand that led this pro-life atheist into the Catholic Church. It's the my my family that I made there, and my friends that kind of watched this broken howie kid from Chicago that tripped into Hawaii at seventeen and had patience with me and mentored me and befriended me and made me parts of their family. My kids are now, you know, Hawaiian, Filipino, Pacific Islander, Filipino, Chinese, and me, Kama Aina. And so I personally am grateful and we are committing to every funeral. Um, The the LDS church is doing all the LDS funerals Um, and VPP is committing to every funeral. And so we would definitely appreciate your support. And why the funerals to me are so important. I even had a very prominent Catholic person tell me to let God take care of the dead, that I should focus on the living. And I said, well, no, I'm going to honor the living by burying their dead and remind the living that they have an eternal destiny. And when we treat the dead with respect, we're reminding people that um, we were created for an eternal life with our creator. And that's what we're reminding people. We're also telling the people of Lahaina that there's hope, um, not to despair. And we're helping to give them closure. These things are very important to the healing of a community. So um, we're taking the lead on this. And I'm so grateful that Lanakila Church has asked to, to partner with us in this. And so they're our partner with Epic Ministries and with you, LifeSite News, and all of your donors, you guys helped us save about thirty thousand Afghan lives. We still have hundred and seventy SIVs and safe houses in Afghanistan. I'm actually going to D.C. tomorrow on some Afghan work um, that we all started together. So I don't, I don't let go either. When I make a commitment to stand with people, I'm with them, and I'm with these Afghans till they're resettled, and we're with the people of Lahaina uh, until um, they're they're safe. Their loved ones have been buried and honored and that the vultures have been chased away and and Lahaina stays with the families of Lahaina.
0: Beautiful. Remember, it's one of the corporal works of mercy to bury the dead. So whoever's telling you that let God take care of whatever, ridiculous, he's told his people to take care of it. And you're doing just that. It's awesome that you're able to give back to a community that's given you so much. And especially where your faith grew. That's beautiful. God works in mysterious ways, and he puts us in places specifically so that he can carry out his work through us. Thank you for being faithful to his call, Jason. God Thank bless you, John. you, What an Your honor friend. to work with you. Ditto. And God bless all of you, my friends. Go again to lifefunder.com slash Hawaii. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.